Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. I'm Dana Pickley. I'm Nicholas Walker. And I'm Ryan Houlihan, and we are here today to discuss Homecoming Season 3, Episode 5, and the episode where this podcast got its name from. The one with Slayerfest 98. Um, yeah, I I felt like I needed to do more fanfare for this episode, but... Boop, boop, boop. 25 yeah, years, are. baby! 25 years! <laughs> you needed an intro video, Ian, where you're like, Welcome to Slayer Fest 98! Buffy, Faith, Cordelia! <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll go with, like, what did y'all feel revisiting this episode for this recording? Um, Dana, I'll start with you. I forgot what a great episode this is. Right. This is, like, the best of, the best of Cordelia. Mm-hmm. And the best of Buffy. I think they just, they both shine so well in this episode. And it's, it's funny. It's, it's got lots of action. It's kind of all the best of the Buffy universe in this episode. And, and I can understand why it's such an important episode to so many of us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ryan? I think this is one of those episodes that you could show somebody as their first episode of Buffy. Because it really does the work of telling you the push-pull of Buffy's, like, you know, the, like, ideal self and her, like, you know, former yeah. darkness shadow self. And, like, it is also, like, a great episode that centers the high school, which – and, and like, the – the um the concept of the show and it's got a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of fantasy it, and it's a lot of fun. It's genuinely like it has, it, it has like a three act structure in an, in a very satisfying and delightful way. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Nick. I love this episode. I think this episode, one of the things, well, one of the things that I really like about this episode is I feel like it's uh, fairly big as compared to some of the later seasons in scope. Um, because there, there's a lot of different locations that we visit. Um, yeah. I feel like all of the characters, maybe except Oz and maybe a little bit of Giles, but for the most part, everybody kind of gets a little bit of uh, character progression throughout this episode. And I love anything, any scene, any moment where Buffy and Cordelia are being catty with one another. Yes. And I feel like this is peak being catty with the things that they say to one another. So I revisit, specifically that scene, I revisit this all the time. It's just, it really does have like everything you want in a Buffy episode. And Charisma Carpenter and Sam Michelle Geller are so good together. It is like such a shame we never got more of this kind of like wacky hijinks of Cordelia and Buffy other than, you know, because we got season one and two, she saved Cordelia a lot, right? Cordelia was the one that would get captured and Buffy would save her. But never like Cordelia's in on the action with Buffy. And I think that is so fun. Yeah, um, it really is. It also 100% is, it shows you why um, Charisma was brought into Angel to have a much larger role. Because yes. she's just so good mm-hmm. at this character and she grows so much. That it's like, oh, yeah, we can't just, we can't leave her here. We have to give her something bigger to grow into. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this episode in particular, I mean, she's great in all of them, but like this, like really lets her shine. Right. And like you get to see, you kind of get to see all the parts of Cordelia in this, which is why I love it. Right. We see her being catty. We see how vicious she can be. We see how like ambitious she can be as well. And we also see that like, She's not going to suffer a fool. And she's like, oh, you need me to like puff my chest out and pretend to be a vampire slayer? I'll fucking do it. <laughs> like, 
she does she 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 gives up the um perspective that she has without giving up her identity like she doesn't sacrifice she's like i am popular i am good at socializing that's not my fault those are genuine strengths (laughs) in the world i will not be shamed for being pretty or wanting to be like she doesn't change any of that but she changes like her entitlement and her like lack of empathy and that's wonderful i really like that and it really it it this isn't the first time Cordelia, I, in my opinion, it's not the first time Cordelia showed vulnerability or the ability to change her mind or to whatever. Right. Like, I think the Xander stuff was real personal growth for the character. But in some ways, being in on the action, this is what kicks her off yeah. to go to Angel. And I think the writing staff knew they were like, we had a long term plan for her and we're going to find a really graceful way to start speeding it up so that you want to see her in a big city and yeah. not think she's going to get eaten alive. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Um, so getting to the episode, uh, we open on a Buffy who is depressed. Um, I forgot where this was in the order because I've been rewatching just like as we record for the 25th anniversary and we recorded some of them out of order. And I was like, wait, they all know about Angel already, right? Oh, wait, they don't. Wait, just got dumped her yet? And then Scott dumps her. So I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm settled in. Ian, I have to tell you, I do not remember this man. I do not (laughs) recall this man. Uh, Sorry to this man. Because I was like, who is Scott? Like, I saw him in this episode and I was like, I have never seen this man in my life. (laughs) He's like the one that dumps her. It's like the predecessor to Parker. Right. And and the the absolute balls to do that. But still, like at the beginning, I was like, I've never seen this person in my life. (laughs) Dana, I love that. Dana, who Well he dumped her because she didn't have balls, technically. (laughs) True. Because later, Dana, the thing we learn is the vampire in conversations with dead people tells her Scott Hope came out as gay afterwards. Okay. All right. Well, we'll give him a little grace for that. Um, Nick, what do you think of Scott Hope? Um, I'm indifferent. He doesn't, I don't know. He never really had like a big impact on me. Um, although I cannot hear Buster Keaton without thinking of him, but (laughs) I don't know. Like he wasn't like a Parker, like Parker felt necessary for her growth. Yeah. He wasn't one of the big flames, so he was just, I don't know. I There's there's certain things that pop into my head when I think of him, like A, learning that he was gay, the Buster Keaton thing, and then when Faith makes the jokes about him needing to put on, like, a cream to help with a rash. Yeah, That's about it. Ryan? I think Scott Hope, as much as it's like, you know, he's boring, he's kind of a plot device. Yeah. I think he kind of gets a bad rap because, like, Buffy was being shitty. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. When you're a teenager and you go on dates with people and you don't want to have fun and then you're mean and leave, <laughs> they don't date you anymore. Sorry, honey. I know you're very pretty, but like, <laughs> babe, babe, you don't even like him. Like, Wait. and also, why isn't she telling Angel about him? Okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But like, <laughs> so, what is up with that, you problem child? I wanted to say that my hot take is... I don't think Scott Hope, I mean, aside from like what we learned that like later he told everyone she was gay because he was actually gay, but like yeah. he's kind of correct, right? It's like she doesn't like him. She's kind of, she likes talking about him more than she likes him, I think, yeah. right? He's a hairstyle. Yeah. He makes her feel normal-ish. Yes, yes. Which is a lot of the theme of this episode. Yeah, yes. Um. So then, yes, we cut to Angel. Um. Nick, what do you think about this scene? I want your your take. 
<laughs> the thing that I'm always drawn to is literally the beginning of the scene with him pacing yes. back and forth, looking like he's like constipated or something. Like I, he he goes through this for a couple episodes after coming back from whatever hell dimension he was in, and I don't get it. I don't understand why he's constantly like shaking yeah. like that, like he's trying to like pass kidney stones. But you know, <laughs> and Nick, I know you are. You, I feel like you like Angel more than a lot of the rest of us do. Um, <laughs> so I am curious what you think of like that whole like, because I, I agree with Ryan. I do think it kind of like, this is a perfect season of television, but I do think these bits kind of stop the episodes dead. I mean, I feel like the stuff with Angel in the beginning of this season, including this episode, is sort of just spinning the wheels a little yeah. bit while it's it's biding its time waiting for all of the other pieces of the plot and all of the other characters to get where they need to be. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, at least the way that I interpret this, is yes, Buffy can't explicitly or like immediately jump back in with Angel because she's hiding the fact that he's alive. But I do feel like her detachment from Scott and the fact that she keeps going back to Angel sort of hammers in the point later on when he leaves that he like they're never going to be able to function normally if they're still in each other's lives like if he's still in town she's always going to go back to him and vice versa so I feel like this was necessary to show in a way that he has to leave like it sets it up at least in my opinion later on in the season him leaving yeah, it does do a really good job of that. It does it it's good momentum for Angel. But side note, we never really include in Angel's like age these 200 years. Um is Angel now 200 oh extra God. years older than her? Ryan, That's what oh I've always like I've always thought. Now. About. <laughs> oh my God. That is too big of an age gap. At what point do we get the cloven hooves and stuff? Like, I just want to know. Well, I always feel like that also means that Buffy is technically older, too, after being in heaven. Because Spike does ask her, like, how long has it been where you are? And she says, longer. Yeah. (gasps) Ancient wizard Buffy, yes. (laughs) I literally never thought about the aging because y'all are right. Like... So now he's 200 years older. Buffy's like 85 years older in season six. (laughs) They all look great. Um, (laughs) And so (laughs) then we, we, I I do like Buffy's like seeing her reaction when she's like, you know, drastic distraction reduction. Try saying that 10 times fast. And she's just kind of like rambling because she doesn't know what to say. (laughs) Um, And, you know, when she's like, oh, we decided that. Where was I? Um, And we cut to Mr. Trick. Ian Abercrombie, who plays Elaine's boss on Seinfeld for a season or two. <laughs> um, and he is watching her, and we met him in Faith, Hope, and Trick. And I do think Todd Gay Freeman is pretty great. Yeah, he is great. Fun, big bad. Um, we cut back to Sunnydale High, and we get all the class photos, which I love. I love seeing how they all pose. Like, Cordelia is immediately serving. Xander's like a doofus, and Willow's a little confused, and Oz is just... This is what I look like. Like his face doesn't move at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and I, I love when we can get moments like that in the show where like where it's kind of showing us, yeah, this is how all the characters are, right? Like Willow's unsure, Xander's pretending to be sure, Cordelia is sure of herself, and Oz doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so then we learn that Cordelia is running for what, Nick? Homecoming Queen. Yeah, and she's checking out her competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Not my vote. <laughs> um, what does she, does anyone remember the specific quote? What does she say? Something like, she's like watching one of the girls that she's competing against. She's like, mm, brain dead or something like that. Yeah, she calls her brain dead. <laughs> <laughs> they foolishly give Cordelia the task of telling Buffy about class photos because she has missed class photos. And uh, Dana, what do we what do we think of Faith and Buffy here? <laughs> oh, this is this is a great scene because this is one of our when does I can't remember the episode where where Faith goes astray, but she's not astray yet, and they right. they've actually come to like this kind of camaraderie point in their relationship, and um, Buffy's just beating the shit out of uh, you know the training gloves, and Faith's kind of impressed and a little turned on, and. Um, they're like, you know, let's go to let's go to homecoming together, huh, Buff? How about that? <laughs> and we totally can pick up some guys and make out with them and throw them out the window or whatever. <laughs> Who needs boys? Who needs boys? <laughs> I just, I, I almost, I do wish, and I mean, we do get a good portion of it, but I love Faith, like you said, Dana. It's like she hasn't turned yet, and I do like Faith as part of the Scoobies. Yes, right? thank you. I think about this all the time because I like I feel like viewers uh, they know Faith so much of after she turns evil throughout Angel and then when she shows back up on Buffy and I feel like that's everyone's idea of Faith and I feel like if you go back and you watch her behavior in the first couple of episodes it's so drastically different and it kind of makes me feel like my heart breaks a little bit more for Faith because while obviously, yes, she shouldn't have started killing people, I do feel like had they not kind of screwed her over a little bit and kind of kept her as an outsider for some, whatever reason, I don't know why they did that, um, she she would have been a welcome addition. Like, I like the the dynamic between her and Buffy. Yes. And it's just like, it, it, like it, it's something that you don't see from Faith ever again. You get the evil Faith from, you know, the rest of the season into Angel but then you get whatever version of fate that we get back in later in Angel and then in season seven, which is a much more like reserved, slightly more soft spoken, got the little bit of the smoker's voice. It's yeah. a very, very different character to me. Um, but really yeah, I love Faith in this yes. season. Ugh. I do have a minor defense of Cordelia here in that it really wasn't Cordelia's job to make sure Buffy knew to take class photos. Agreed. Why was there not like a flyer or a, what do they call it? a ditto? Why? Like, what's going on? <laughs> a <What>? Ditto. <laughs> a memo. <laughs> Facts. It's the nineties. It's the nineties, mom. <laughs> God. But right, like I get it. She's kind of like taking out her frustration about it on Cordelia, but it really wasn't Cordelia's. Like, like when Cordelia's like, "What? Oh yeah, blah blah blah." Like, I don't know. Cordelia's kind of not incorrect like a teacher yeah, should have told uh, me. <laughs> but when someone is so similar to you and, yeah. and like you're you're envious of them and like everything sets you off you should see the things i get mad about on instagram you know <laughs> <laughs> um so cordelia and buffy have their confrontation and i think it's so good i think all of this is like why didn't we do this more with the two of them right yeah i love Cordelia calling her guacamole queen. I think that's like a really that's good insult. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you unmuted. She was, Is that what you unmuted? To, you wanted to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I forget what because it's. I forget what she actually originally was. I think it was. I think she's. It's. She says it in a different episode. I think yes. she was fiesta queen. Yeah, she was fiesta queen. Yeah, 
<laughs> guacamole <laughs> and like guacamole queen is such a good like i don't know whatever that fucking thing you had oh that little crown mm. it's so good and it's so like it does feel shitty even though it's like yes the queen doesn't sound really much better <laughs> oh, um, but also the what is <laughs> when buffy says handing out incredibly lame flyers i agree with her I agree with her. If you look Agreed. at Cordelia's flyers com- compared to what Buffy comes up with, which is literally one of her season three promo shots. Yes. Everything. <laughs> so yeah, wait. Buffy's got an eye for like drama. Yeah. Like it really, it's giving like, wow, I need to think about that. Should it be Buffy? <laughs> you know, um, someone on Twitter, was it one of you? Someone tweeted something about that where it was like i love that in the time between buffy getting kicked out of school coming back having to like campaign to like get back into school angel coming back to life she's somehow a time to have the headshots taken for these photo like posters <laughs> and i love the idea of her being like all right giles we're doing this no do another one do it better <laughs> <laughs> oh i thought like joyce would be like honey i i don't care what you have to do it's it's we booked this for a sunday at sears <laughs> god probably was um then we cut to mr trick who is welcoming the ladies gentlemen spiny head and looking creatures to slayer fest 98 um and i was very much peter griffin pointing at the screen like look that's the name of my podcast um i mean this actor's so good but the way he does that intro and the music swelling up to him saying it as if this is anything we've heard of before as if it has like meaning prior to this but you get it um, I think it's just so good, like his delivery of it. Um, and also not since Darla in season one, has there been someone who's so much, so clearly was given a lisp by the, uh, fangs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, campaigning montage. Yes. With, like all of the different briberies that happen and um, Cordelia's even just pay- flat out paying people yes. for their votes. What did Jonathan say? He's like, Cordelia gave me $5. $6. Yes, $6. <laughs> you when, and, she was, and Buffy was like, are you that tacky? <laughs> um, and then what does Cordelia say? What, it's what not tackier she... than something else than the yeah. than the posters and yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like oh she's uh, uh it's not it's not worse than your faux uh, deep campaign posters yes yes, yes. <laughs> but first off let's just start from the fact that like both of those would work on me for faux deep <laughs> posters or a cash payment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but also i love love when giles is like you know oh all this over you know blah 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 and she's like it's not like anyone takes it seriously and then smashes the glass in her hand because that is me about this podcast and she's drinking like the world's largest like yeah. sobe drink or something what is and she's i don't even know what it is it's some large kind of greenish liquid it was one of those like teas that we would all drink like oh, you get God, from yes, the, that's from what it was. after high school yeah um, iconic i love when <laughs> tiny ladies hold really big things to emphasize the like i'm just a, i'm a little whatever and it's fun on buffy because it's like it's like the olsen twin aesthetic i think that's funny um <laughs> i i think it, i uh and i'm not interested in men doing anything so it's just gonna be ladies um i think um it's funny because it emphasizes how much like outwardly buffy does fit this like female ideal of the 90s kind yeah, of thing yeah. instead of being like an overpowered superhero like it makes her look a little more a little less intimidating in some yeah. ways um and it's a fun like prop choice and that attention to detail gotta love the buffy staff 
Yeah, yeah. We cut to the limo, and it is, it's so weird that, like, episode's almost over, but, like, this is so, all of this is so iconic, I think, like. Mm, and the jewel tones yes. alone. Ugh, ugh. I love that Cordelia isn't talking to her, hands her the note, and then is like, I took the orchid. Like, that's all she's saying. She has nothing else to say to Buffy. She Uh, wanted to make sure Buffy noticed. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Um, So they park, the, you know, the driver runs away, they see this TV, and it is Mr. Trick telling them that they're in Slayer Fest 98. Um, I love Cordelia being like, Hello, how stupid are you people? She's a slayer. I'm a homecoming queen. Like, so good. <laughs> also, as if that would get her out of it. They'd be yeah. like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Do you oh. want to take the limo back? You gotta go to you gotta go to the dance. Oh, oh, okay. Um, so then we get um more of we see Willow and Xander. We get a couple cuts of them kind of being miserable. We're just gonna lump all this together. The thing I like most about the like those scenes is when Faith, what does she say to Scott Hope? She acts like he, uh, like they both had some sort of rash from yes. <laughs> sexual activity that would clear up with some cream. And like, yeah, I love that. And I, that's that's a type of loyalty you respect, right? Like, yes, yes. And then don't forget, Diggles ate your baby Facebook. was playing, was the yes. band playing <gasps> yeah. for us. So there's Willow with no one to dance with except Xander. <laughs> God. What you're supposed to do is stand by the stage and say, I'm with the band over and over again. That's, People love that. I would, I would do that now. <laughs> Fuck. I'm like, you see the bassist? That's my hot boyfriend. He turns into a werewolf sometimes. It's wild. <laughs> um, the Buffy and Cordelia are arguing. Um, and Cordelia's like, just explain to them that I'm not a slayer and they'll let me go. But I got to point out that Cordy notices the bear trap before Buffy does. Like she's mm-hmm. the one that like yells for Buffy to look out. Um, well, otherwise, she's got to see where, where those shoes are going to be stepping. I mean, true. you don't want to ruin them. That's that's true. Right, and <laughs> she does not hesitate to try to beat the shit out of that demon with that spatula. <laughs> she does not. And she that's is what just I, whacking at him. <laughs> that that's what I love is like when Cordelia needs to, she will pick it up. Right, like. I I mean, that's the thing about this show that I love in general that they show is like the bond these people have is like, yeah, like just two scenes ago, you called me a vapid whore, but like now there's a monster. So we're gonna put that aside for now. We're good. I like that. Everything that happens in this cabin, I love. I love Cordelia being like, I'm gonna die. And Buffy being like, yeah, you are if you just stand there. And then Cordelia's speech about how like, I love that she's like, every time I'm with you, weird things with monsters happen. You know, I just... I want my normal life. And Buffy's like, yeah, welcome to my life, which is the show, right? That's, there you go. That's the show. This is your normal life. Guess what? You go to a high school on a hell mouth. (laughs) Be happy that Buffy is there. Because this would have been like, you would have had these problems, these kind of problems without her. So, (laughs) but emotionally it really resonates because it's like, I think we all feel like that as we're getting older. Like, I just want to go back to like the popularity contest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I love the moment I've said, I keep saying how much I love things. Um, I, the moment of, Hey, I know what you're doing. You're thinking you're going to make me angry and that'll make me fight. And you're right. It's working. Where's a damn weapon. I, (laughs) Oh, charisma's delivery. There is, I, I feel like I sometimes deliver things in that, but like I'm doing Cordelia when I do that, when like, I have like a a train of thought that leads to like 
a climax in the sentence and then like comes back down. Like, I feel like I get that from Cordelia. Um, and she gets the spatula, then Kulak attacks them. Then the fucking cabin blows up. Well, how does the cabin blow up? I didn't put that in my notes and I can't remember specifically. Do they, they shoot? shot a missile? Yeah. The missile blew up. Yeah. A missile. Of course. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't there be a missile? <laughs> um, yeah. The budget in this episode is pretty wild because I feel like an explosion is a lot for, like even just an explosion was a lot for the show, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a big explosion. They blew up a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after Buffy sort of accidentally stakes Candy, uh, then uh, the goal. Uh, what is it? Hector, Hector. There's Lyle. Lyle. The, yeah, I'm thinking of the other one. Lyle comes up to attack her, and that's when Cordelia steps in front of her and says, "When it comes, when it comes down to it, Buffy's just the runner-up. What do you think I'm gonna do to you?" And he's like, um, I'm not fucking around <laughs> and just leaves. <laughs> I so when I watched this show, when it aired, I wasn't I didn't love I didn't appreciate Cordelia as much as I do as an adult. But I remember this being the turning point for me falling in love with Cordelia. Like I I can remember watching this scene with my mom. Like I remember my mom being like, good. Yeah. Tell him. Like I just I love it's something that Cordelia does later in Helpless when she's like joking about like, oh, does she not remember who she is? and Buffy's like, can you drive me home? And like Cordelia's face changes and is like, yeah, of course. The way her face changes with, I'm going to be intimidating. Fuck you. And she puts it on her face and it's so good. Um, It's room with a view stuff. Yes. Yes. And like the way she delivers it of like, she is, this woman is not fucking around. Like you stupid, like dumb vampire. She is going to kick your ass if you don't get the fuck out of this library. And he gets out. Um, then we kind of get like we think we're wrapped up, but we're not wrapped up yet, right? That's when oh, they're no. like, right because they're like, gay, wait a minute, gay German brothers. <laughs> how 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 do how do they know we're here? Yes, and then they realize there's a tracking device in their corsages. Corsages, you know, it happens, and then they it. kill those German brothers. Well, actually, hey. the German brothers kill each other. Yes, they they shoot each other, <laughs> um, and like they're humans, so do they just like. They have to bury those bodies, or were they just like, eh, I'll leave them there. Someone will find them. The janitor sure. will have to deal with it in the morning. <laughs> I was gonna say that school janitor. <laughs> yeah, that school janitors and the morti- local mortician uh, collaborate more than you'd imagine. Um, <laughs> then our our queens go to the gym slash bronze slash wherever the fuck the coronation is happening, and my other Buffy boyfriend Devin is going to announce who the homecoming queen is. Um, the Cordelia and Buffy being like, after all we've been through, this really seems really important. Yeah, definitely. Like, Ryan, somehow that's me and you at the live show. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yes. Um, we, 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 we had the show go so great. And then I almost skipped a drag number and I was like, well, I didn't plan to not, do- we're doing this. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Now that we're at the end, uh, what would Dawn be doing in this episode, Ryan? Dawn is working overtime to undermine Buffy's election results. And this includes <laughs> cheating, subterfuge, subterfuge uh, spreading rumors, uh, acting out scenes like Buffy abandoned her outside the high school. <laughs> Joyce catches on to this and... Um, she doesn't even tell Buffy about it. She just, she takes Dawn home and she says like, now you don't need to whatever, but you know, Buffy needed a little humbling. So she gave her a little speech and that was the end of that. Uh, Dana. Uh, I believe that Dawn is reenacting all of the uh, Scooby drama with her 
uh, Barbies <laughs> waiting for Buffy to get home from the dance. Wait, I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, Nick? I believe that she was at home with Joyce watching the very first season as it was coming out of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> um, I, you all had better answers than me. I said that like Dawn would have been making fun of her dress and said she didn't like it. <laughs> that was that was my like, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning. What would Dawn be doing? Well, uh, Dawn would have, <laughs> by the way, Dawn would have definitely voted for Cordelia. Yes, <laughs> yes she would have. 100%. She's stuffing those ballot boxes. I believe this is the first time Dawn dabbled in magic stolen from the magic box. She was like, hmm, they said it's a bad luck amulet, so I'm going to put it with Buffy's votes or whatever. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Stuff a montage. Dawn stuffing ballots. I love that. Um, all right. Favorite outfit, Ryan. Uh, I think Faith's outfit at the homecoming dance. Oh. Uh, so hot, so cool, and it it it's also subdued in the sense that like Faith probably didn't go out and buy like the slinkiest, most expensive dress. She found like a dress that she liked, and she said, "Let me rip parts off this <laughs> and show a little more skin." I feel like yeah, she got it at like Goodwill and was like, "Yeah, I'll cut it up and it'll look cute," and it did. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. She'd uh, look good in anything, and she knows that. That's yeah. her power. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, Dana? This is going to be wild, but this Ooh. is also Faith. Oh. Um, the scene where they are working out in the library, Faith is wearing a pair of cut-off denim shorts and, like, knee-high combat boots. Like, past-the-knee combat boots. Um, it's just, <laughs> just such a cool, like, 90s, late 90s, like, alt- kind of gothy outfit. I love it. Yeah. Are those the Chanel boots? Yes, they are. <laughs> they are the Chanel boots. <laughs> Nick, what's your favorite outfit? So that one, I had two. That one was one of them. I love what Faith is wearing in that scene. I, the, the boots, absolutely. But um, this one might be a little bit weird, but I <laughs> I really like the cowboy look on Lyle. <laughs> I'm going to say I, it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love a cowboy aesthetic. And he's one of the few vampires in the show that, like, even in vamp, fi- vamp phase, I am attracted to. Don't tell anybody. Oh, wait, this is going on the internet. But, yeah, that, <laughs> you like that's the my choice. cowboy aesthetic? Well, then do I have a Slayer Vest 98 co-host for you. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my favorite, I cannot believe none of you picked any of the dresses, but Cordelia's homecoming dress. I fucking love Dana, what'd you call it? A jeweled color? Is that what it's called? Jewel, jewel tone. Jewel tone. I in my head, I'm like, it's metallic. Oh, right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I think the like shiny, ugh, I love it. I think she looks great in it. The color is so good on her. Um, what is your favorite scene, Nick? Mm, I really like when they're uh, well, the 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 bitch fight between Cordelia and Buffy. When she's she like, uh, your brain isn't even connected to your mouth, is it? uh ryan uh the montage of election hijinks <laughs> and jonathan being like what do you think this cupcake's gonna do as he eats it <laughs> uh dana um buffy and cordelia finding out that they are losers and leaving together <laughs> <laughs> a million fanfics were ship were uh, launched that night um I my favorite scene is Cordelia and Lyle Gorch. I just I go back to that scene so often and I love it. Uh what grade do we give this episode, Nick? Um, I would give this one a B plus. Oh shit. Uh Ryan? A minus. Dana? A. I 
what is wrong with y'all? A plus plus plus. I take it back. I give no, it no. back. I give it an A. I take it back. No, <laughs> okay. A plus plus is reserved for uh, Hush and the body. All right, so then just A plus. Then I'll go down to just A plus. <laughs> I stick with an A minus just to be petty. <laughs> You're like, actually, I'm bringing it down to a D now. <laughs> <laughs> there must be balance in the forces of good and evil. <laughs> uh, thank you all for doing this. Uh, if you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on all podcasting platforms and at Slayer Fest X 98 on social media. If you want to follow me, I'm at Ian X Carlos. Nick, where can everyone find you and your channel? Uh, you can find my channel, my Instagram, my Twitter, my Patreon. It's all Nick Says Boo, and I'm also a co-host on The Horror Hour. Uh, Ryan, where can everyone find you? You can find me on social at Ryan Houlihan, uh, and you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Ryho, R-Y-H-O, and we'll be doing some Catwoman content soon. Ooh. So, meow. <laughs> and Dana? I'm Dana Pickley with two C's, one L, pretty much everywhere. Cool. And uh, we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.